Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. On today's show, good news on the Frank Kaminsky front, and we review a nice little Hornets win over the Indiana Pacers. Plus, big changes coming to the All-Star game. Is it a good thing? David and I debate. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, bringing you the best Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day, whenever you need it. Today's episode is brought to you by Frame Warehouse. Don't wait to get that framing project done. Visit our friends at framewarehouse.net and find one of six locations here in Charlotte and get your framing project done. They have the guaranteed best price on your next project. I'm Doug Branson. Joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Doug, the people want answers. I want answers. Did you order the waves in the fourth quarter of that game last night? Oh, we are going to get to that, my (laughs) friend. I did not. There's two things in this world that I will never order. A wave or a Papa Murphy's pizza. I will go to my grave having never ordered one of the. I did not order the Code Red. Did you (laughs) We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've got a fantastic show. We're going to recap uh, this Pacers game in a moment. Plus, we've got to talk about Kimball Walker winning a big award and the commissioner of the NBA, with some interesting thoughts about the future of the All-Star Game. So let's get it started. First of all, we'll start at the Spectrum Center, where the Hornets get a big win over the Indiana Pacers, 100-88. to I spoke with Justin Thomas, who reports on the Hornets for ESPN Charlotte. Uh, from inside the locker room, right after the game, here's Justin. You know, going into this game, Doug, I... I didn't expect the Hornets to win, to be honest. I mean, they were down, Frank. They had a 10-day contract, Johnny Bryant playing. I figured, um, I think they would make it interesting if they make a lot of games, but I didn't know how they would finish late. Well, I was wrong. Um, to start the game, there there was just a, a lot of energy. There were active hands. You could tell they were engaged. Before the game, um, I had a chance to speak with Kimball Walker, and I asked him, is there, is there any sense of panic at the moment, understanding this uphill climb of three games back with only 19 games to go and he said he just shrugged it off like panic there's a lot of basketball to play in tonight you can see it um nick batum came out aggressive he had 14 first quarter points kimball walker was with him the defense was locked in um there was a time in the first half they got up 24 points um and as the nba is um usually a lead is never safe um the pacers made a good run in the third quarter scoring 29 points and they cut the lead to eight i believe going into the fourth but the Achilles heel this season for the Hornets has been their fourth-quarter defense. 
And when it mattered, they showed up. So it, it looks like a team that's, that's locked in, that, that wants to, to make a late push. Um, and tonight was a start. You mentioned uh, Frank Kaminsky there. Uh, what's the latest on his injury? I know you got a chance to talk to him before the game. Yes. Um, earlier um, today, there was a report out that Frank would likely be done for the season. Um, I actually had a chance to speak with Frank as he was entering the arena, and I asked him about it. He said there was no truth to that. Um, Steve Clifford dressed the immediate um, before every game, as he always does. Um, and he actually joked about it and said um, you know, he's rehabbing and playing video games that they expect to see him within the next week or so. So, you know, we're just trying to um, just keep afloat. Um, actually, in the presser, um, Clifford said that, you know, they're going to need guys to be able to contribute 14 or 15 points a night with Frank absent. And tonight, Jeremy Lamb was able to do that with 6 of 9, 14 points a night. So, total team effort. Um, Frank will be back, and it's just uh, keep pushing. Yeah, Jeremy Lamb, 6 of 9 for 14, as you said. Brian Roberts hit uh, two big threes, I thought, in this game as well. And then Johnny O'Brien, his shot wasn't there, but he was giving them things on defense, especially early in the game. That was a tough matchup that he had against Al Jefferson, but he's played he played well in this game. Uh, you know, you, you know uh, what the usual suspects are normally going to give you, but how important has it been for some of these auxiliary players to step up when this team is uh, dealing with the few injuries that they're dealing with? Um, it, it's very important. It's almost, uh, it's actually exactly the thing of all hands on deck. Um, you need everything. It's just like you point out with Brian Roberts, there were times I believe they cut the lead um, to single digits, and Brian Roberts hit two threes to push it back out to ten. I mean, those were huge. And and Brian Roberts has has been a topic of discussion in past weeks, but tonight he did his job. He hit some big shots. They kept it afloat. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, understanding that there's no committee tonight, he was in attack mode. Six of nine, fourteen points. And Johnny Bryant, you know, if you look at his box score, you say, you know, one point, thirteen minutes. But what I liked about Johnny's game tonight is I feel like he felt what Clifford liked. And Clifford said, a week or so ago, that we need to be tough to play against. And and Johnny was out there, and he was just competing. Um, you know, he had some errors or some picks, but he's a young guy. Uh, but he was just out there just competing um, at the rim, you know, trying to get rebounds and testing shots. He even took some, uh, some shots that didn't fall, but the confidence in taking it. He took a three that almost went down the rimmed out. Um, I believe he took like a 15 or 16 for it was a good look. Um, so just the fact that you have a guy that's confident enough to take that and have the defense be honest, and, and just a guy that can come in and can give you 15 minutes, you know, when guys are down, um, you need that. Uh, there are a lot of injuries um, in the NBA, and the bodies are falling, so you need every healthy body you can get and that can contribute, and the stat sheet might not show up, but, but Johnny Bryant played a good game tonight. Justin Thomas reporting on the Charlotte Hornets for ESPN Charlotte on Twitter at Justin Thomas NBA. But most importantly, he's on that overtime hustle grind for Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much, Justin. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, I look forward to it, man. Thank you for having me. Good stuff there from Justin, David, but I have one small yeah. bone to pick. Uh, he, I, think I, I think I know what it is. <laughs> he, he keeps saying Johnny Bryant. You can't, you gotta, yeah. you can't forget the O. Mr. J-O-B. Mr. J-O-B, Johnny on the spot, Johnny O, Johnny Three Sticks. Give the That's man right. some love. Yeah, he, he didn't have a great uh, shooting night, obviously. A couple of those went begging. 
Uh, but I thought he did a great job stepping in there, going one-on-one with Al Jefferson. That's a tough matchup for for anybody, and, and he really play, played some great one-on-one defense. Kind of took Al Jefferson out of the game a little bit. It, probably not just him, but a lot of what the Hornets did last night prevented Al Jefferson from getting more than six minutes in this game. Uh, so, yeah, good stuff yeah, there from, looks, from Johnny O. He, he just looks a little more comfortable in there than some of the other D-League guys we've seen come up. And, I mean, that's probably not a fair comparison, but he's done well. He had a good game, uh, you know, right out of the gate. And then, like last night, he wasn't able to contribute by hitting those shots, but he made a nice little touch pass to uh, Nick Batum there for an alley Oh, yeah, so sweet. That, that was like it, – It's it, skill. I, I, it's, yeah, that's exactly. the thing. That's the thing that surprised us, David. I think is that the the skill that he has put on display because you knew he was going to come in with a lot of energy and a lot of focus, and you know he wanted to play well and earn a, earn a contract, earn a spot in the NBA. But you don't expect all the time to see that kind of skill from a big man, right? And those are some of the passes we've seen from Nick Batum, um, like to Bellinelli and stuff like that. But that was very surprising, to be honest. With you. I was like, oh man, who, who threw that pass? And then he makes it a couple of nice cuts, which we've seen some corners do with some success this year. So, I mean, another good showing, I thought, even though it didn't show up in the box score, uh, he looks good out there. Hey, David, it's springtime. It's time to spruce up the house a little bit, maybe get some get some things framed, get some things on the wall. If you want to do that, you got to talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse. Don't wait. We're proud to partner up with Frame Warehouse because they've been family-owned right here in the heart of Charlotte for over 35 years. They have the guaranteed best price on every frame in stock. At Frame Warehouse, you can frame almost anything for next to nothing. If you can think of it, you can get it framed. We're talking about sports memorabilia, posters for your office, maybe your kid's bedroom, jerseys. They'll even cube up that signed football helmet you have laying around the house. Listen, framing, it can seem complicated at times because... There are, frankly, a lot of options, but luckily, Frame Warehouse has frame experts that are going to walk you through the entire process. They're going to get you there, no worries, and they're going to get your project done super quick and for a great price. Don't let your prized possessions go undisplayed any longer. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse at one of their six locations in Charlotte, that website, framewarehouse.net. Find the one near you. Tell them Locked On Hornets sent you. And, of course, drop in a Go Hornets, Go America, Let's Swarm Charlotte. Okay, let's get back to this game against the Indiana Pacers. You heard the injury update on Frank Kaminsky from Justin Thomas. The report from Spencer Percy and Queen City Hoops that we shared with you yesterday that Kaminsky would likely be out for the season, that has since been retracted. A PR spokesperson from the team told CBS Sports that Kaminsky could be back as soon as this weekend, which would signal that the AC joint sprain he sustained is being rehabbed and surgery may not be required. Uh, they denied that he had even had an MRI. So when, you know, reevaluated can mean a lot of things. Uh, so that's good news, David, uh, for the Hornets. If they could get him back quickly and string together a few wins. I mean, this team looks like, I mean, after that Pacers game, this team looks like a team that's ready to make a push towards the playoffs. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to ask you about. But, yeah, first for Frank, I mean, of course, that's going to be huge. Cody's, uh, you know, Cody didn't really have any rust, I didn't think, showing, but, like, he's really starting to get back into that mold. Yeah. 
that that we saw him. I mean, like he and Kemba really looked like they're picking up where they left off. And like I, I just go back to it. He he makes such a difference for Kemba with the way he's able to set screens and give Kemba. He can use all the extra rim he can get, and I just think Cody does that. And also, of course, rolls to the basket unlike anyone else on this team and can elevate and is really one of the few guys that can go up and over people uh, for the Hornets. But um, uh, for, you know, to make a push, Doug, I want to ask you, is it frustrating, you think, I think at this point in the season to see games like that, not only from the Hornets, but, you know, from Lamb, uh, from Nick Batum to somewhat a larger extent, I guess. Like, that's what we've been wanting to see from them all year long and what they've needed, right? And it's like... You know, it's like now you're three games back. It's going to be very tough. Uh, it's doable because some of the matchups you've got coming up. But it's like, gosh, you know, guys, that, we could have been doing this a lot earlier. Could have been having some fun. Is that frustrating? You think to you? Are you like? Are you? I mean, obviously you're happy when you see that, but it, at the same time, you have a little bit of frustration. I think. Well, absolutely, because I think a lot of us have saw the potential in this team and and saw something in this team that maybe the national media was was not seeing in them when they set sort of tempered expectations and and to not see it out of certain guys that is frustrating especially like on a night when you see Nick Batum jumping into passing lanes being more aggressive on defense these are things that we have seen before we've seen evidence of these things before and they just don't manifest themselves night after night Um, but it certainly is it would it's less frustrating to see it now than to not see it at all I'll say that uh, so you know you want to continue seeing it. I want to go back to what you were you were sort of knocking around there with Cody Zeller. I thought he made a big difference in this game with his screening as well. I, I think back to that play where Kimball Walker sort of bringing the ball up. He gets to the half court line, and Cody Zeller comes out of nowhere and sets a screen to get Nick Batum open. The defense wasn't expecting it at all, and Kimba delivers the strike. Nick Batum knocks down the three point shot. I mean, it's those. It's that timing. It's the the size that he uses to screen off ball and on ball that that yeah. make him such an asset, but also. One of my big keys to this game, David, from the preview was rebounding, and the Hornets did that. Out-rebounded Indiana 50-41. to It's the first time the Pacers have been out-rebounded since the All-Star break. 13 offensive rebounds for the Hornets, five of those from Cody Zeller, and there's your impact. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I love what Frank Kaminsky brings to this lineup. It's something different. Um, but he's not bringing that. He's not bringing the second chance points. Five of ten on those second chance opportunities for 15 points. Certainly fatigue, a factor for the Pacers. They were on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, but I, I just think this team has to, at this moment in time, move forward with Cody Zeller at center. And, and yeah. you hope that when Frank Kaminsky is able to get back out on the court and, and get with that second unit, that he brings that same kind of confidence and level of shot making that he did, you know, that it carries over. That's the key. That's what you want to see. Well, yeah. And don't you think you're going to see him with those starters too? I mean, when Cody came off the bench oh, last yeah. week, right? Well, yeah. He came in, he came in for Marvin. So I think they were kind of working on that as well, but yeah, you're right. Well, I think you could see Frank Kaminsky close more games. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they need that extra scoring punch. 
Uh, and and if this team, if Nick Batum is going to play more aggressively on defense, if if Cody Zeller is going to remain healthy and provide that pick and roll defense that really, I mean, completely shut Miles Turner out of this game, if they're going to do things like that, cut off roll games, keep they kept the, they kept the Pacers, a team that's good at getting into the paint, all except the third quarter, they kept that team out of the paint. And if they're going to keep doing that, then you can absolutely have Frank Kaminsky spreading the floor on defense at the four position. Uh, so again, yeah. oh hey, I wanted to ask you about this, David, before we get off this yeah. game. How was the? It was a national TV game. It was on TNT. Yeah. How was the broadcast crew? Who was it? So, uh, so it was a uh, Bones Bones Barry Brent Barry. Nice. Uh, I saw Derek Grant Fisher. Hill down there. Was that Grant Hill? Did my eyes deceive it, me? You're darn right. It was. It was Grant Hill, Derek Fisher, and Bones uh, in the booth, if you if you will. Uh, so an interesting setup there. So that was the first thing I noticed. You know, a lot of times, and maybe this is done more often than I noticed, but it was like they had a camera set up, like a dashboard cam, like on okay. the on the on the table, like on the table right in front of Grant Hill. So it wasn't like a guy like with a with a handheld like right in front of them, you know, shooting them. They should just strap or, a GoPro onto one of their heads, or maybe all three, <laughs> and so you can and, and broadcast yeah. it on three, like like they do the NCAA tournament. Bro- broadcast like Grant Hill's camera on True TV, and you can see right. what they see. <laughs> right. So it was like right up Grant Hill's like right nostril, <laughs> and so. So, which was interesting because he, you know, because he's like kind of looking up at the uh, at the scoreboard at times, and I would say, first of all, like none of those guys are um, are, are broadcast, are play by play guys, right? So, like that's a tough job to to just step into when those guys are doing games like Grant and um, and Bones, especially, and Dennis Scott was there on the sidelines, right? Like being the color guy is different, I think, than being the play by play guy. So, I thought actually uh, Barry did a, a good job of that, not having done it before in the past. And having the three guys in there, I think, helped them. It's just different. I mean, those guys, it's obviously a gimmick from, from TNT, like players only night. Um, but I thought it was Ooh. fun. It was, it, yeah. They, so they, all the whole night was all players, right? So I think the game after that had like Greg Anthony and Kevin McHale and Rip Hamilton. And then in between that, no they stat had, they did, nerds allowed. No geeks. Get only out, athletes. Get out of here, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Only athletes, bro. No, I'm sure they. Like, um, I'm sure they. I'm sure some of those guys like numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. It was, uh, and then so in between that, they had Area 21, <laughs> where they had oh, KG, yes. which, which, which I'll take all. Oh, you missed. Uh, they had the best combinations, and to illustrate that, they brought out uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So you had. I'm not kidding. They had KG and Karan Butler uh, making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, naming their. <laughs> Their favorite uh, combinations in NBA history. So that Surreal. was awesome. Surreal. Yeah. I hope they didn't eat them. That's not a great thing to eat while on camera. Well, um, I didn't see them eat them, but they slather those slices of bread up for about five minutes. And I will say, <laughs> and I will give them credit for this. I mean, Dennis Scott. <sighs> Dennis Scott got a you got a sideline interview with uh, the one and only Michael Jordan, which you don't always wow. see. I mean, he's at a lot. Yeah, he's at a lot of these games. Players only. And, uh, players only. Exactly. Oh, don't you think they didn't mention that? Uh, players only. So, hey, like, I thought they did a fine job. You know, it's tough to, to pop into that seat. You're not going to get the uh, Eric Collins, you know, did you knows or the or the history of the Charlotte Hornets like you do with Dell uh, and Stephanie. But for what it was, I thought it was pretty cool. It's always cool to have the national view. I understand how some people may have uh, 
you know, not loved every second of it, but I thought actually Bones did a really good job. And they had some cool, they have, you know, they have some players only stories, Doug, uh, that only players can tell. Hey, what about little old me? Well, Eric, you're, <laughs> don't worry. Eric's going to be back. Eric, you're going to be back against uh, Miami coming up. Uh, a couple well, of more. Hey, Doug. Yeah. One th- quick thing. Do another it. national another national game for the Hornets and another Played good well. performance. Against, yeah. against a winning team. That's even right. more important to me that they got a quality win because you look back at a couple of these wins, you know, Brooklyn, Los Angeles Lakers, Denver, Denver playing very good basketball but not a winning record. They get a, a team in the Pacers that were two games over 500, sixth place in the Eastern Conference. One of these games that when I looked at the schedule uh, last week, I said was a 50-50 game. And they're going to have a couple more coming up, one against Chicago, one against – and they'll they'll go to Indiana and play them again. These are the kind of games that they absolutely have to pick up if they want to make this push. There's no room for error for this Hornets team. A couple of other notes. Hornets hold the Pacers to three free throw attempts. According to Hornets PR, Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, uh, that ties a franchise record for least free throw attempts allowed set back in 1996. Uh, turn the Pacers into a jump shooting team, David, for large portions of this game. I also mentioned transition offense. The Pacers uh, love to get into it. It's it's a bigger part of their offense than most teams, and they're very effective when they do because they have a lot of guys that can finish at the rim very quickly, like Monta Ellis and Paul George. Well, only eight looks in transition, according to Synergy, and that matched the Hornets. So they limited their ability to get into transition and limited their ability to rebound. So they really, I mean, they focused on the things that they had to focus on to beat this team. I thought it was a well-coached game. I thought it was a very well-played game. Uh, should we be worried about Marco Bellinelli, though, David? Another tough shooting night for Marco, who goes... Uh, 0-4 from the field, only gets uh, 13 and a half minutes in this one. Uh, no points for Marco. And last nine games, he's averaging six points on 30% shooting and 30% from the uh, beyond the arc. It's been a tough stretch for Marco. Should we be worried? Yeah, it's not good to see. I mean, kind of the story of that bench and as a as, uh, story of the team, too, though, just up and down. You got to hope Marco gets back because they really, you know, a lot of those threes can be uh, shots on the arm for the offense. But uh, yeah, I mean, you got to be a little bit worried. Uh, it, was, it was pretty consistent the first quarter of the year. And so um, you got to get some of that back. But like, I mean, especially now without Frank, um, it hurts. But you did have Lamb step up. So that was nice. And that's just how it goes for this team, right? It's, it's not going to be the same guy every night. Yeah, Lamb, 6 of 9 for 14 points. And then Brian Roberts, again, uh, hat tip and a how do you do for those two threes that he uh, knocked down. Those are the kind of plays that you have to have when uh, your you know, de facto sixth man is not shooting the ball very well. Next game is Wednesday night in Miami. Tip-off set for 7.30 p.m. We'll talk, uh, um, we'll talk about that game tomorrow with a preview. And all right, what's next? Oh, I want to read this uh, email just really quickly from J Dog, J Money. Jason says, Good, good morrow, good, good day from Jason here. I'm so glad I get to write in after a solid win. The intensity of the first half on both ends of the floor looked a lot like our play in November. That's a great point, Jason. This team getting back to that November ball. 
Uh, started to sweat a little bit after that third quarter performance, but unlike the last month, we took the punch and came back swinging. It's pretty crazy how much of a difference Cody makes. Love his energy. Happy Tuesday from Jason. Great email uh, there. And then uh, this email from Coach Billy. Coach Billy wants us. He's kind of getting on us here a little bit, David. Coach Billy saying too much criticism on Marvin. He's a glue guy, smart, solid on defense, and uh, his shooting is improving. Also, I like Frank the Tank. But we are so much better with Cody at the five. Thanks there, Coach Billy. Yeah, listen, I expect that from a coach. A coach is going to be honest with you. He's going to tell you. Um, but I have to say, not a great shooting night for Marvin Williams last night. I agree. He does so much energy on defense and, and rebounding. But this team has to have his shooting, David, if, if they're going to be a, a, a not only get to the playoffs, but, but be a threat in that first round. They've got to have his shooting back. Yeah, they need some shooting. I mean, they need to get it from somewhere. Like last night, you mentioned they got a, a little bit from Brian Roberts, a little bit from Jamie Lamb. But last year, they got so much of that from Marvin, and it was so key that uh, him dropping off a little bit this year stands out more. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Clifford said he's the team's best defender. You know, um, he holds everything together uh, from a team defensive standpoint. So uh, it's tough, though. I mean, people are looking back at the contract and looking like what he did, and looking at what he did last year, and uh, it just hasn't. He just hasn't had the same success. I'll say this, he has, I think he's only cracked 20 points once this season. He's had a tough time cracking that 20-point mark, and that's worrisome because he was able to be a 20-point contributor every couple of nights for the Hornets last season, and it was a big reason, you know, his career year along with Kimba's career year and Nick's career year was what vaulted this team uh you know and had a couple of games and a break's gone their way they could have been you know they could have had that fourth seed and and home uh, court advantage in that first round but yeah. um yeah his his re- regression a little bit he has played well as of late tough game in this one though one of seven from the field oh of five from beyond the arc and there were a couple of shots Open looks that not only he had, but Nick Batum had one in the corner as well. Open three-point shots that did not fall. It could have extended the lead and just buried the Pacers, but they, they hung around a little too long. Those are those are the kind of plays that they've got to kind of iron out and figure out. Okay, real quick, uh, Kimba Walker announced as the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Big award for Kimba. Uh, he averaged 27.7 points. That's third in the East, 6.3 assists. That's tied for fifth in the East and 4.3 rebounds and 1.33 steals. He's been much more aggressive defensively uh, and uh, playing well. He's hitting key shots as well. He hit the go-ahead bucket against the Lakers and the three-pointer late against the Nuggets to snuff out their comeback attempt. And he played very well in this game last night against the Pacers, 28 points uh, on 10 of 22 shooting, four of nine from beyond the arc. And then he adds seven assists, six rebounds, a complete game for uh, Kemba Walker. And uh, David, just playing very well right now, could vie for that Conference Player of the Month, which Al Jefferson got twice if he keeps this pace going in the month of March. Yeah, man, that's one reason I want to see them keep playing too, like get a playoff run, just to see Kemba kind of build off of this and have a nice performance in the playoffs to help his career, obviously to help the team too. But like he's playing like, I mean, you know, start of the season Kemba right now. He looks fresh. Yeah, that's number five for Kemba Walker's career. That ties Gerald Wallace for most in franchise history. Okay, final topic of the show. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver says changes are coming to the All-Star Game in 2018. He made the comments at Sloan, an advanced stats conference at uh, MIT. The Western Conference 
their 192-182 win spurred a conversation between Adam Silver and president of the Players Union, Chris Paul, but the uh, about the game's lack of competitiveness and the need to fix it. Silver said, it shouldn't be playoff intensity, but the guys should be playing. Is this a good idea to start changing this all-star game up, David? Yeah, I was complaining about the lack of competitiveness in our recap. I knew you, got you all, would you say got it. All bent out of, you, you got all bent out of shape. You know the, uh, I'm still the bent out of thing. shape about it. Well, you know the funniest thing I was thinking about? He mentioned like a 10-point shot or something, and I just – it's funny that well, he mentioned this. Thing. Listen, listen, listen. It's funny. I can picture him just mentioning a ten point shot at Sloan, and then just everyone's in the in, everyone in the audience, their head exploding, just trying to figure out the efficiency of a ten point shot and what it would do to the rest of the game. But well, you um, see, uh, the coefficient <laughs> of the, uh, the quadratic equation. Um, but- but first of all, Doug, we don't know what changes, if any. He said there will be changes, but we don't know what changes there will be. Um, and I think the NBA does this all the time, right? We see this. Like they see, they see there's start an issue. tinkering and bad was, things happen. Oh, stop it! Listen, they, but Chris, Chris Paul brought this up. The who player, did? They, who the, did the, make the, the All Star game? By the way, is this well, a little sour grapes it. from Christopher Paul? Maybe. Hey, maybe it was good <laughs> right, for him to put, sit out. Oh, don't. I know I was injured, but I deserved it. Don't put me in the game. I'll show you. We'll change the game. Maybe, maybe it was good that he sat out. Got a little perspective on the on the game. <laughs> You never know. Here's my problem. Here's my problem. Uh, here's first of all, all right, here we go. Here first we go. of all, get off his lawn. Get off his lawn, Adam Silver. Go ahead. Now, first of all, you start tinkering around and you end up doing what the MLB did when you try to make it more competitive and you you mess it up all together. When the MLB added the nah. World Series home uh, home Man, field advantage, uh, that was a disaster. So you don't want to do yeah. that. But then, yeah. uh, but so that's the extreme one way to make it competitive. But then these suggestions: a four-point line, a ten-point half-court shot. These are ridiculous. That's not going to make the game more wow. competitive. It's just going to make it more gimmicky. It's not going to make it. It's just going to make it more of a circus show. It's not going to bring defense. It's not going to bring. Uh, it may bring a slight entertainment factor, but if they can't hit them, it's going to be. It's going to look pathetic. Like that's you not going to make the that's not going to make the game more competitive. What makes the game you, more competitive? You don't. Yeah. You don't think Steph Curry can hit a four point shot? But but how does that? Shot, okay, that's going to make it two fifty to to two seventeen. That's the final score. That what does that these, do? These are just suggestions, Doug. We All don't right, know. What I have a do better yet. idea. We don't know what they're going to do. Okay. I right. have a better idea. This is how you make it competitive. Are you ready for this? You don't yeah. have to have a four point shot. Or, or a 10-point shot or a 17-point shot, here's what you do. You arrange for the two conferences. Oh, they also suggested like a fantasy draft. Like they're, they're bringing up ideas that the NFL has tried and <laughs> failed miserably. Yeah, but stop bringing up all-star games that no one cares about. No one cares okay. about the pro ball. Here's, okay. here's my idea. You, you get two charities involved, one for the Eastern Conference and one for the Western Conference, and these teams play for the 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 right to give this charity a lot of money. I mean, one of the best moments from the All Star Game was the charity moment around around uh, Sager. So you you and here's what you do to ensure that they are going to stay competitive. You invite people who the charity will benefit to sit courtside, and you, you're going to benefit charity. You're going to bring awareness, and these guys, I think, and, and it will it, they'll still have fun. But they're not playing for anything serious like home court advantage in the NBA Finals, but right. they'll feel a sense of like, oh man, I want to. It's the same like Celebrity Jeopardy. I mean, they they want to do well 
to get money to their causes. Maybe you have a couple of different causes that team captains, uh, that, that you, you designate team captains and you say, okay, you're going to pick two charities and we're going to invite these people to sit courtside. I think that would be a great idea for the NBA to look at. And by the way, I'm going to send that suggestion to Adam Silver because he's asking for them uh, to his email. He, Adam, he gave his email out and said, Adam, what is it, Adam at NBA.com? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to send got, that. I think first. it's a great idea. I think I'm a genius. Well, so I don't think the optics of um, Draymond Green and uh, Clay Thompson saying uh, if the players got, you know, there's bigger prize money, that would help out the competitiveness. I don't think that's quite the picture that the NBA. Well, it's not about price, it's about charity. And, and, and the, the, the team that didn't win, no, no, they know, would also get money. That was their suggestion, though. Just oh, okay, the, yeah, up, exactly. Up, 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 so I'm, I'm taking that and and saying, no, no prize money. You guys have enough money. Let's give some right. money well, to people who need money. I do think um, the idea of having, like, two captains pick teams, you don't like that? I you don't. don't think that no, makes, that's oh, not. Why, what's, why, why not? They did, they did it. They've done it in the uh, – they do that in the Listen, NHL. we keep t- – this is like NASCAR. We keep tinkering with the, the voting and the format. I don't like it. Let's just find they've, a way to get to – They've never tinkered with the All Star Game. I mean, they've not done anything. Okay, let's uniforms. keep that. Let's keep that. I'm tell, but can, here's uh, a problem, no. David. Here's a problem. You don't just tinker once. You 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 got. If you tinker, this sounds like a Seinfeld episode. You, listen, if you tinker, you got to keep tinkering. Um, you just you can't you can't start tinkering. I, I think well, you, you can't. Then you then don't have the game. I mean, you can't go out there and continue okay. To have all right, all right. You're watches. just taking your ball and going home. That's your. Well, <laughs> That's no one. It, 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 the outcry this year was louder than it ever has been, oh. and so when you're getting that from the sidelines and from the players and the, and the days following that from former players, you know they got to do something about it. So I'll be interested to see what they do. I think captains picking teams is good. Um, I think if you had had like Westbrook going up against Durant this year, that would have been interesting. Uh, so stuff like that, and I don't care if you throw in a four point line. Try it out. Who cares? I tell you what, make it. Make it make it two halves like they do the uh, Rising Stars game. Uh, put like a ten second shot clock on there or something. I mean, I don't know. Go crazy. Yeah, you'll All see. Right. You'll see. You'll, you'll see. One of these days, you'll see. Hey, <laughs> quick programming note: There's no live show tonight, uh, so keep it tuned to Locked On Hornets on Twitter for an announcement about when our next live show will be. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets, and you will get notifications when we do go live. That's all the time we have for this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening, and of course, thank you to our friends at Frame Warehouse. Visit framewarehouse.net. Find that location near you here in Charlotte and get that framing project done uh, that you've been waiting on. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a rating, a five-star rating, if you will. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. And uh, by the way, March is Tripod Month. It's uh, hashtag tripod. It's all about telling a friend about podcasts. Apparently, 50% of the United States have no idea what a podcast is or how to listen. So if you listen to this podcast and you know someone that would uh, like a Hornets podcast or maybe just a podcast at all, that's what this month is all about. Hashtag tripod. Uh, tell a friend. Show them how to use. Show them how to get their podcast up and running. It's a very easy thing, but a lot of people don't know about the greatness that is podcasting. Uh, we're back again tomorrow with a preview of this game coming up against the Miami Heat. For David, and that's, 
Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, Doug, that's T-R-Y-P-O-D. Yes, T-R-Y. Not, yeah, like, yeah. not like a filming tripod, like a, right. like a tri-a-pod. Tri-a-pod, that's it. All right, for David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked on Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.